Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Sean Croxton, joins the show from the Quote of the Day podcast. It is episode 100. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with my man, Sean. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano, here with my man of the hour, Sean Croxton. What's up, Sean? What's up, Andre? How's it going, man? Man, I'm doing good. I'm very blessed. Thank you for uh, being part of the show today. Episode 100! Episode, you said episode 100? I, I, I didn't understand what you said. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, Congratulations. I remember when this was just an idea. Yes, yes. Man, I, I uh, completely... From the bottom of my heart, thank you for uh, pushing me off that ledge, man, and being a mentor and just having me just do it. Who cares if one person listens or 3,000 listen? Yeah, man. Just put it out there and help people. So we do. That's right. So I want to thank you for that. And uh, yeah, man, this is episode 100, bro. So uh, I had to have you on for it um, <laughs> just because in my life, I feel that you are a big part of it because... You helped me get here. Hey, man, I'm glad to be a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right on. So today I wanted to talk to you a, a few things about basketball because we both have a passion for it. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to talk about, um, you grew up in the Bay Area. And in the Bay That's Area, true. I don't know what's in that kind of water, man, but you guys had people from Antonio Davis, you know, Brian Shaw, the Lakers, um, J.R. Ryder, uh, Gary Payton, of course, the glove, and your boy that you went to high school with, uh, Jason Kidd. Yeah, man, a lot of good players came out of uh, the Bay Area. I was very fortunate to see some fantastic basketball like during my high school years and before that, as a matter of fact, because uh, Jason went to St. Joe's, which is where I went to school for high school. He was a senior, I was a freshman, but I had been going, like, the, the, the coach... Uh, Jason's coach or the school's coach was Frank Laporte, and I used to go to his uh, basketball camps every summer, and so Jason would be there. So Jason had been around in the camps since he was a freshman. It was just crazy. Like, you know, a freshman point guard, freshman year, everybody already knows you're going to the NBA, which was it was phenomenal to watch. It was pretty cool. What, was he that amazing um, back then? Like, for instance... I mean, everybody's on social media nowadays. So, like, you see a guy like Mikey Williams here from San Diego. He's a sophomore. You know, overtime, everybody's blowing this kid up. I've had the opportunity to help train him over this summer with my friend Ryan Rizuki. And this kid is 6'2", and he's built like a man. He's, like, almost like a Shea Cotton. Yeah. It's amazing. Was that how Jason Kidd was? 
Jason Kidd had a good body, um, you know, for a young kid. I've seen Mikey's highlights on, on Instagram. It's pretty ridiculous, man. He's incredibly athletic and, and seems very skilled as well. Uh, Jason was incredibly skilled, had amazing court vision, um, was making NBA passes, you know, his freshman year of high school. Um, Jason was fortunate because a senior on that team uh, named Calvin Bird, uh, was an All-American, was a McDonald's All-American, ended up going to Villanova. So he had a guy to pass to. So they were kind of like this dynamic duo, Jason Kidd and Calvin Bird, and with a really good coach. And so, um, yeah, so he had he had shooters to pass to, he had slashers to pass to, he had an All-American to pass to. Um, so he, he had a really great group of guys around him. But again, you know, the court vision was ridiculous. I mean, the, the shooting probably wasn't, I mean, J- Jason wasn't really a good shooter until he got to, like, middle of his NBA career. But, you know, in high school, um, for what he lacked in shooting, he uh, definitely had an advantage when it came to passing. Okay, right on. Now, you said that you obviously went to these camps growing up. So I'll ask you this. Um, me being here from California as well, uh, we did a lot of um, blacktop playing basketball. And instead of having a so a like trainer, so-called trainer, to help you do these moves or create new moves... Uh, we pretty much just watched college basketball or the NBA and tried to mimic what we saw. And so we did that on the blacktop. Um, Do you feel like back then, was there a lot of blacktop basketball? And uh, unfortunately now it seems like it's like a lost dinosaur. Like no one really is outside playing like that anymore. You know what, man? I never really thought about that. There isn't a lot of blacktop basketball these days, as far as I know, in San Diego. But um, back in those days, in the you know early nineties, I mean, that's where you went to go play. You know, you went to the park, you went outside. You know, in Alameda, you went to like Washington Park, or you went to uh, gosh, I forget the name of it now. It's so long ago. But um, yeah, there were certain places where people went to play. The Alameda Boys and Girls Club, you know, had pretty good runs as well. And so you know, times have have certainly changed. We didn't have like basketball trainers you know back then the way that we have right now so like you said it was just like us watching college basketball and watching the nba and just like you know loving those guys and trying to do the things that that they did and so um you know guys like jason and calvin and uh you know they they had great support when it came to the coaching we had some really great coaches at st joe's and you know there was also a lot of other players who were coming up around that time um some that people may not know about like uh gerald walker you ever heard about gerald walker no i don't uh oh my god gerald walker was one of the most explosive athletes i've ever seen in my life he went to hayward high school ended up going to university of san francisco you'll probably find some of those like espn dunk contests with Gerald in them. Okay. Didn't really pan out to be like a great college basketball player, but in high school, the things that this guy would do, oh my gosh, were just absolutely ridiculous. Um, do you remember Circus King? Why does that name sound familiar? It does. Raymond Circus King went to El Cerrito High School. I've never seen handles like that on a high school player in my life. Really just kind of 
awkward. He just had these these really unconventional moves, and he was so. I mean, he, his nickname was Circus. You know what I'm saying? But he ended up, as a matter of fact, going to San Diego State. Uh, he probably went to San Diego State in '95. I think it was the year I got to San Diego State, as a matter of fact, and played for Trenko for a year over there in Peterson Gym. Uh, ended up transferring out. Of, this is before San Diego State got good, of course. Of course. Uh, ended up transferring out of there. Goes to uh, Berkeley. For, uh, I think he finished his career at Berkeley, but he was a highly entertaining player from the Bay Area that most people never don't even talk about anymore. But uh, you might be able to find some YouTube clips on him. He was ridiculous him gerald walker i'm trying to think who else was amazing back then but those are definitely the two that that stand out to me okay shoot right on man i i mean i i love the fact that uh california not only just the hub of like of course everybody talks about la and how much great talent came out of la which by the way i read that paul pierce is actually born in oakland but of course was raised in la like you had guys like that, of course, that grew up in L.A. You had all kinds of great talent in L.A. But to see yeah. how Oakland was on the map as well and how many great ballers came out of there, pretty amazing stuff. I'm, I always tell people, it's, what is it, in the water? Because it, like <laughs> one of my favorite players right now in the NBA is uh, Damian Lillard. And the stuff that he pulls off, I me and my son look at each other, I'm like, it's got to be in the water, dude. <laughs> Damian Lillard is he's so Oakland. If I ever watched Damian Lillard play and I didn't know he was from Oakland, I would go, oh, he's from Oakland. He carries himself like he's – it's like him and Marshawn Lynch are like the epitome of Oakland. Just that that, that toughness, that, that mental toughness, man. Right. Just the way they that, – that swagger they have. As a matter of fact, um, Damian Lillard went to my high school, I want to say, for a year and couldn't get any run on the varsity basketball team. Or maybe it was in the JV basketball team. Yeah, he went to St. Joe's before he transferred to, I forget, it might have been Fremont, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah, St. Joe's, who's had some great players come through there, they missed out on a legend right there. Yeah, that guy, is a, he is a straight, true baller. I mean, his numbers were good before the bubble, but I mean, I'll tell you what, for someone that just said, okay, the season stopped, we don't know when we're coming back, if we are even coming back, I'll tell you what, for those X amount of months that the NBA had been stopped, that dude put in some really, really unseen hours. Like, I'm talking unseen hours, because when he got to the bubble, he came correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely came correct, man. And then not just him, though, his whole team came correct. Like, getting Nurkic back was huge for them. Getting Collins back was huge for them. They, they had their real team. You know yeah. what's going to be crazy, man? is next season who doesn't make the west playoffs yes yes and this because is because Go golden state's coming back next year they're gonna you, know, be ridiculous. You, you got phoenix who's probably going to get a little bit better as well you got the trailblazers like who's out like it's going to be the jazz the nuggets are just going to get better i love the nuggets nuggets i think are going to be in the nba finals next year that's oh. a really good team that's a really good young team but who doesn't who do you think doesn't make the west playoffs next year of those things. Uh, I, I don't think Phoenix is. I think Phoenix is out another two years. Right. I really do. Um, and to be honest with you, I think the Jazz are going to crumble. You think so? Huh? I really do. I think you're really, really right about this Denver team. Mm. It took a lot out of my Clippers to beat them last night. I was pretty darn nervous. It was a nail-biter. 
But of course, I have one of the best players in the NBA on my team with uh, with Kawhi. Kawhi is just a straight beast. And PG finally came out to play last night. Yeah, he played well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think Denver is they're really, really solid. The crazy thing I'm I was thinking about is your Golden State Warriors. Because you guys are already coming back healthy next year. You have yeah. the number two pick. You know, so you if I were you guys, I'd go for Wiseman. I really think you guys need a good center. I think he's really good at seven one. Yeah, you got you got the opportunity of getting LaMelo or I was thinking you guys use that number two pick and trade for Giannis. Yeah. Yeah. That scenario is crossing my mind. I don't know if they'll they'll get Giannis because they have to give up somebody else. They got to give up Clay or somebody to get Giannis because, you know, contracts have to match. But um, I think he will. I think trading that number two pick would be a good idea to get a more established player who's ready to go now. Uh, I think Wiseman's very, very good, but I mean, it might be a year or two before he becomes like the guy. Um, I, I, I want to get back to these Denver Nuggets, though, man. Okay. These Denver Nuggets are going to be ridiculously good. Jamal Mer- Jamal Murray, Jokic, Michael Porter Jr. is a beast. He's a beast, man. Yeah, like, he, he came is. into this bubble. Balling like that dunk he had on uh Montrez Harrell last night, like he's a man. But here's the thing, here's the sleeper. Ball ball is gonna be really good too. You think so? I think, I think ball ball is gonna did you see his him play in the bubble this year? Yeah, yeah. He yes, he had some really good games, man. He shoots that three with ease. It's almost like a Kevin Durant ease that he shoots that ball with. I think he's gonna be a really good player. And on the defensive end, he can play. Yeah, you gotta watch ball, ball. Yeah, I mean they're a good team. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. They're, they're, uh, they make me nervous. This team, you know, I've, I've been a Clipper fan my whole entire life. We've been complete trash. I don't care what anybody says, even with having Blake Griffin and everybody, we can never get out of the, uh, the second round of the playoffs. So I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I'm biting my nails every game I watch. <laughs> Yeah, and imagine if, if the Denver Nuggets didn't have to go seven games with the Jazz. I mean, those are seven hard games coming back 3-1. So that first game against the Clippers, they're just tired, man. Right. They're just tired. And last night's game, you can tell where, you know, they, they, they just seemed indecisive the last six minutes of the game where I was just like, I don't know who's going to be the man. You know, it ended up being like a Jeremy Grant taking a bunch of three-pointers and missing. Like, those should be Murray shots. Those should be the, uh, the Joker shots. Right. Um, Jeremy Grant should not be shooting threes like with a few minutes to go in a tight game like that, in my opinion. Right. And and Murray, man, he has been lights out. He has been like lights Murray. out. And it, you know what's funny about him is I watched, like, I, I wouldn't really call it a documentary. Um, it was like maybe a five-minute interview of him ESPN did I think it was last season and he had was talking about how his dad was so military on him with his training at such a young age like mm-hmm. I'm talking like he used to have to like jump rope for like 45 minutes with like a 25 pound weight vest on at like the age of 12 mm-hmm. I was like yeah. damn bro that's like savage Mm-hmm. His dad also had him meditating as well. 
which is which is great for like just having a calm mind out there uh-huh. you know in high pressure situations just maintaining a calm mind uh and you know the great shooters man they look relaxed on yes. the court like look how effortless james harden shoots the ball oh. it's just like he's just it's just not like he's not even trying he's just very calm he just just lets the ball fly it's not tight at all and so i see a lot of the same in jamal murray he plays very very loose you know just just relax i like that yeah i love it too and you know what's funny is how you just talked about um meditating so i'll get into this really quick before i want to get back to my next question on you so like your quote of the day show, like I absolutely love it, dude. I, I really think you you hit the, the nail on the head when, when you decided to come up with this podcast show that you do. Um, but I have my son now for the past year listening to your show and I mostly want him to get out of it is staying confident and staying grounded because... I see moments in his game where he misses four or five shots, but he had just hit three or four shots, and now he's kind of like, uh, puts his head down, he kind of looks up at the sky really quick, and it's like, you cannot be perfect. I don't care if you miss the next eight, but what if you made the next three? Yeah. You know, so I like him to listen to stuff from... Everybody that's on your show, whether it's uh, Wayne Dyer, uh, Zig Ziglar, uh, Les Brown, which is he's probably my favorite. um, I always try to have him listen to these people because a lot of the things that they're telling him to do, I, I think it's super successful. Yeah, it's it's, um, you know, my my uncle Tony, when I graduated from college he bought me this book and it sat on my desk for for years actually my my bookshelves for years it's called uh how to succeed in life and sport i think it's called or sport and life one or the other and you know after a few years i read the book and i was like i wish i would have read this book when i was in eighth grade you know because it's about you know just what you got done talking about the mindset of an athlete you know, it's about, you know, whatever you, you put into your mind, you can do that. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, you know, just like the expectations of, of what an athlete goes through in terms of the mindset perspective. And I think all young athletes really need to read that book. I'm looking up on my shelf for this book, but it was definitely a, a, a pivotal book for me that kind of got me into this whole mindset stuff in the first place. Is I was kind of like, yo, if I would have read this book in eighth grade, I would have been a much better basketball player, much better. You know what I'm saying? Instead of getting lazy in the offseason, um, I would have, you know, actually been out there playing and getting better, improving. And I read this book and I was like, yo, I got to apply this to the rest of my life. And so uh, those of the day speakers are amazing man i really appreciate you tuning in and when you listen to the show every single day like you literally change the way that you think you know yes. what i'm saying like it just it's just the repetitive nature of the show and a lot of the a lot of the talks are about the same thing but it doesn't matter because you know that repetition gets into your subconscious mind you end up just becoming somebody different so i'm really glad you got listening to it now yeah it's really cool um what, what i what really amazes me is he will forward me a show that he listens to. So like he might not listen to it for a few days and then he might listen to two or three and one might really stick out than the other few that he listened to. And he'll forward it to me and goes, he'll send me a nice little text like dad, 
check this one out. And I'm like, well, I already heard that, but yes, it's really, really good. So nice. yeah, I, I really feel that that kind of helps him stay grounded. He's got a solid, solid coach, uh, um, Luther Bellamy, um, is part of our basketball program now. And he's a division one high school coach here at a uh, Christian high school. Um, and the one thing I love about Luther is he's very grounded. He's very calm when he coaches. And um, he tells Elijah all the time, son, you just need to shoot the ball. And even if he misses, evil might miss a few shots, and he'll just look at him and go, I mean, you're going to take yourself out. If you don't want to shoot, I'll take you out or just keep shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we can get down on ourselves and miss a few in a row. Just got to keep shooting, man. Right, right. I, yeah, 100%. Now, with this whole bubble thing, I want to go back to the bubble really quick. Um, so, this is the first time the NBA has ever been in a bubble. Hopefully, it, it will never be in a bubble again. But, uh, I have this weird feeling. I don't know if this is the conspiracy kind of talk coming out. But, the Celtics are most likely going to be in the championship. It's looking like they're looking really good. Of course, I'm thinking if they're going to be in the championship, then the Lakers are going to be in the championship because why not? One-time bubble-playing championship is going to be Lakers-Celtics. Am I right? Wrong? Kobe just dying? I don't know, man. I, um, you know, I love my Lakers. I'm a Lakers and a Warriors fan. I don't think the Lakers are going to make it to the finals. I don't want them to. I don't want them to. I, I think that the shooting is way too inconsistent. You know, um, you never know what Caruso or KCP um, or any Rondo, you just never know if you're going to be able to put the the, bas- the ball in the basket. I was not happy with them getting Danny Green. I got I respect Danny Green, but he's a streaky shooter. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's either on or he's off. You just never know. And so um, I don't know, man. Like, if I had to put money on it, I think the Clippers are going to be in the finals. I think, I Yeah. They're, they're, I, that's that's where I would put my money. And also, man, I can't sleep on the Heat. The oh. Heat are good, man. The Heat are they got they got you down low. They can shoot the ball with uh, Duncan Robinson and um, Hero out there. And they got the leadership of Jimmy Butler. He's tough, man. He didn't want no family in the bubble. He's like, I'm good. I'm here to play basketball. You know what I mean? I respect that. And so, I I, I don't think it's going to be Lakers and the Celtics. I would love it to be Lakers and the Celtics, but. Honestly, think the Clippers are going to get the Lakers. I hate to say it, but I think they will. Okay, I mean, I'm with you. I I would rather have that. I'm just saying, I'm one of these people out there that knows that sports can be tampered with. I ain't gonna tamper. Nah, I, I can't. I, I'm so not a conspiracy person, man. I, I don't. I don't think they're going to intentionally try to. And it, that's so hard to do. There has to be some terrible refereeing. You know what I mean? I, I just don't think that's going to happen. But what I will say about the bubble, real quick, though, is, you know, of course I want the guys to go home and be with their families and stuff like that. Right. But it's been some really good basketball. I love the fact that they don't have to travel between games. I love the fact that games are every other day. Um, it's been it's been really fun watching them play in the bubble. And from a psychological perspective, I know that that first month or six weeks for them was really hard. You know, very isolated, not having family or anything like that. But now they got family there, and I'm really happy about that. But um, I've, I've enjoyed the quality of basketball we were watching in the bubble. I think the travel has a lot to do with it. I, I think you're right. Uh, I think the 
The play has been very, very well. Um, the one thing that I've been teaching my students um, that are still with us through this whole COVID thing, I got about 20 students that are not with us due to, you know, their family values and, and just wanting to keep their distance. And I respect that. But the ones that are with us, I tell them, when you're watching the bubble, since they are not in a major arena and you don't hear the cheering of the fans, you're not hearing the music in the background, I said, just listen to them. If you can close your eyes for one minute and just listen, you will hear every one of those guys talking on defense. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing. And I and mm -hmm. I... And I try to preach that because I tell them some of the players that even aren't necessarily more athletic, their IQ is not higher than someone else's, but the reason why they are on that court and on that team is based off of communication, and communication is huge. And I don't mm -hmm. think kids know how to communicate anymore unless it's with their thumbs. Right, right, right. I was actually looking forward to hearing more communication. Um, going into the bubble, uh, you can't hear the players as well as you would like to. You know, they kind of they're kind of drowned out with the, the fan noise and the piped in fan noise, and of course the announcer talking. But I thought we were going to be able to hear a lot more. I know I'm sure there's a language issue too that the NBA didn't want to have to deal with. Um, but yeah, you're right on that. I mean, communication is huge. Another thing that that I'm going to be fascinated by is the difference in some players because you know when you're playing in front of. 25,000 people and a you know a few million on the TV, but but mostly 25 million or 25,000 live, live people. It's different than being in there all by yourself with a team. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, right. it's different. Like you're shooting three pointers in front of 25,000 people versus you know 35 people. So I'm interested to see like some of these guys whose averages went way up. Are they still going to be able to stay up when they play in front of 20,000 people next season? You know, like 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 TJ Warren. Is TJ Warren really going to ball out like that? You know, or is it just like an anxiety thing that he has where he just doesn't play? He plays well, but not as well when he's in front of 25,000 live people. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I, I've i played in the biggest crowd I've ever played in, I think, was 5,000 people. And mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, I was so unbelievably nervous. Like, mm -hmm. you just... I mean, you're just standing there and you're sweating. You're like almost shaking. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's, and like you said, it's, 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 it's all nerves. You're just, and there's, there's something that I would take 500 shots a day, five days a week. That's, you know, that's two, that's 2,500 shots in, in a week. And I'm over here, 2,500 shots and I'm scared to shoot, shoot the ball. Like you, that's, that's insane. I should be able to do that in my sleep. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that anxiety is no joke. I used to deal with that anxiety when I played basketball. Um, me playing at the park was way different than me playing in front of people. Way different because it was just anxiety. Like, oh my god, everybody's looking at me. And, you know, I'm just thinking. As I would get into, I'm a thinker, so I would just start thinking about my shot a lot. And so, um, yeah, it's a much more comfortable environment on the court right now in the bubble. I'm just, I just want to see the difference between some averages now versus averages, you know, when they get back to, to real basketball in front of people. That is, that is very interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to remember that. Actually, I'm going to write a note down right now about that. The average of the shooting from now to the bubble. Mm -hmm. um, like TJ so Warren, uh, Gary Trent, 
You know, Gary Trent was balling out those first uh, maybe eight or nine games. Like, what was that? You know, what was going on there? Yeah, I, I don't know. That's You're absolutely right. Yeah. Now, if you could create your own dream team, who would be your starting five? I had a feeling you were going to ask me this. I probably should have thought about it. Um, well, Michael Jordan, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do I want Steph Curry or do I want Magic Johnson? Steph Curry. Um, okay. Kobe, Kobe Bryant. So we'd have like a three-guard lineup. And then um, down low, we would have Shaq. Of and course. we would have... Uh, shoot, who's going to be that, that fifth guy? Uh, I know once I get off this call and be like, oh, should have been such and such. Ah, uh, man, I'm going to go with... Damn, this is a tough one. You know who I'm going to go with? Because I just used to love watching him play, and he didn't really care about scoring. I'm going to go with Dennis Rodman. Okay, okay, I feel you on that one. I feel you. Because there's, there's enough offensive firepower on this team already, right? And so you just need the guy who's going to be grabbing rebounds and hustling and playing defense. I'm going to go with Dennis Rodman. Okay. I went with Michael Jordan, of course. I had to go with Scottie Pippen. Scottie was a beast. Yeah. yeah. I, Ray Allen. Okay. I had to go with Shaq, and as my power forward, I would have to go Kevin Garnett. Okay. Why'd you go with Ray Allen? You know what, man? I think I think it's really, to be honest, I think it's a toss up between Ray Allen and Steph Curry being some of the most elite NBA shooters. Um don't get me wrong, Steph is probably got him on the shooting. I, I get that. But as for Ray, his size, his build, the ability in his younger years, the way he could attack the rim also, but yet yeah. was a lethal shooter. Like, he's up there in the top three of best to- all-time shooting. I'd have to just go with Ray Allen. Yeah, yeah, you know, you have a, you have some good points there. Um Steph is a liability on defense. Ray Allen can play defense. So, uh, yeah, you, you make some good points there. I'm choosing, like, I, I, I like to be entertained, you know. And so Steph Curry, to watch Steph Curry is way more entertaining than watching Ray Allen, from my perspective. Really? Yes! To see a guy pull up from 30 feet out, right, and then run in the other direction before the ball goes in, like, that's... That's insane, man. That's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. I love watching him play. Okay, okay. I, I mean, I get you. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Maybe I had more of a connection with Ray Allen growing up watching him as a kid. Right. I don't know. I went with Ray Allen, though. Okay. Now, okay. Jesus Shuttlesworth, okay. Right? Jesus, Jesus Shuttlesworth. <laughs> All right. All-time favorite Michael Jordan, MJ Shoe. All-time. You know what, man? I'm not really good at MJ shoes. I do like the ones. Uh, I never really grew up wearing Jordans. I like the ones with the, uh, the little black strip around it. The white ones with the strip on the bottom. Uh, I don't even know what number they are. No, with the keep up with Jordans with the pound leathers. Yeah, maybe they were the. Yeah, you know that that sounds familiar. Like if there was any pair of Jordans that I would buy right now, I would probably buy those white. And they had like a patent leather strip that went around like. 
kind of like the toe area yes. and around the, yeah 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 okay Concord. yeah those are dope okay okay i feel you i feel you now what yeah. what's cool to me about basketball and i know that you're not like you said you don't wear a bunch of mj shoes but i do know you like some sneakers yeah, yeah, yeah i believe I that i believe that basketball in the early 90s paved the way to sneakerheads now right or wrong yeah absolutely yeah i definitely agree with that i've actually gotten out of my sneakerheadedness like over this last couple of years it's kind of weird and I, I wear new balance now i love I new balances I, I don't know if i'm getting old or something but i'll go online i'll be like oh my god those are some sick new balances <laughs> I'll, I'll pick those up like i used to buy yeezys i had a whole yeezy collection and you know i, I just i think i'm getting old man at 42 i just don't care as much it's weird it's funny. I don't either. My son's taking all my Jordans and everything. But yes, the the New Balance is they're still you know a lot of sneakerheads wear them because the mm-hmm. colorways that they come with are fly. Yes, they are. They are. See, I didn't even know sneakerheads wore New Balance. I had no idea. I used to follow all the social media pages and stuff like that, and I'd be like, oh shit! I'd have to grab some, like go online and find them and get them. Like I just don't care anymore. It's weird. <laughs> I collect. I collect. I collect books now. I'm a book collector. I love books. Well, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> Being yeah. smarter is a lot better than just collecting sneakers. Hell yeah, it's cheaper too, man. <laughs> Super cheap. A book costs like 12 bucks. Sneakers, <laughs> several hundred. I'm I, good. I know. <laughs> now, last question for you. If you were going to leave Earth today and someone gave you an index card and you can either write three words on it or three phrases to leave behind to someone to read, what would those be? Three words. Um, I guess my three words would be uh, make it count. Yeah, okay. make it count. Make your life count, man. Like, leave a legacy, you know? Cool, I love it. That's, that's phenomenal, like, that's great. Well, make it count. As far as I know, you only get one life. You might as well just do it the best you can. If not, then, you know, nobody's ever going to remember I want to be remembered. That's right, man. That's fire. You want to be remembered. Absolutely. Um, Well, Sean, thank you so much for being on episode 100. I truly, truly uh, am super blessed that not only were you on my show, but for everything you have done for me. Hey, man. My pleasure. Super, super proud of you.